0: What do you have to prove? Real life starts now.
1: Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers
2: in a real God.
0: Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay.
2: Later in the show, you'll hear from Daniel Newcomb, who felt he had to prove to the world that he would become a successful person and ended up compromising so much in order to get it.
0: Mm. You know, I wasn't raised by my dad. My mom was a single parent of four. Mm. And I can remember as a little girl just yearning for my dad. And I thought, you know what? If I make something of myself, if I become rich or famous or prove myself, then maybe my dad will accept me. Mm. I didn't understand. You know, I thought it was a rejection thing. So that's what I strived after. And so even when I went to graduate from high school, he said he'd come see me and he never did. And it broke my heart. But no matter what promises he gave me, I was chasing after the wind, trying to prove I really am a Murphy. I can take on that last name. I'm really one of you. And it just never worked.
2: I'm so sad, you know? And I think so many people can really identify with that story, Kathleen, because how many of us, when we really look at it? are trying to prove something, maybe to a family member, maybe friends, mm-hmm. maybe just what people think of us, right. trying to prove that we are something. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds noble and it can sound like it's, wow, it's a great thing. But actually, it's a very self-serving thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about a man and it talks about proving yourself in a very negative light. Right. There's a man named Saul in the Bible who was a king over Israel. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, it says he was in a time where he was going to attack the Philistines. And in that time, instead of preparing his army, thinking about them, he kind of got this ego and he made this promise he says you know no one shall eat any food until evening until i have taken vengeance on my enemies you know that story mm. is in first samuel 14:24 basically instead of feeding his army instead of taking care of other people he kind of steps on them right in order so he can achieve something that will fulfill and prove himself mm-hmm. and how many times when we're proving ourselves without realizing it we're stepping on other people
0: it's so true because you start looking at yourself and am I measuring up and what am I doing to get where I need to go and how can I prove myself and you know we're keeping our eyes on our own belly button which mm. can make us pretty dizzy and so it's a very difficult situation for people because you'll never feel that you amount to enough for that person because you may not ever get the response you're looking for.
2: No, exactly. And so that's why the Bible calls us to live not a self-focused life, but a God-focused life. Mm -hmm. When we're living surrendered to Jesus Christ, man, there's so much freedom. And you found that freedom too, didn't you? Yeah. So
0: when I gave my life to Jesus, everything changed because I knew that I had a father in heaven and I didn't have to prove myself because he created me. And so if you're listening, don't you worry about it yourself. Know that God loves you. You don't have to prove a thing. You're accepted by him. Let's hear from Daniel Newcomb right here after the break.
1: Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless.
0: Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: And joining us is Daniel Newcomb. He was the youngest of 10, and he grew up being made fun of. He had clubbed hands, wrists, and walked crooked. He felt very inferior until he became a businessman and thought he had it all until everything fell apart. And we're going to hear from him right now. Daniel, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So I understand as a young boy, you had a lot of family and probably a lot of support, but in school, it was pretty difficult being made fun of. Can you tell me about that and what you went through?
1: Absolutely. You know, growing up where I was in the central California area, it's not that I didn't have good friends. I still have good friends to this day. But I was bullied. I was made fun of. I had things that were told to me that really stuck in my head, you know, that basically made me feel inferior and made me feel that I had no future ahead of me and thinking that, you know, this was it. This is all my life was ever going to be. A lot of it is because of physical traits, Mm. you know, just being in the cafeteria, getting your own food, and even kids kids that were younger used to mimic the way i walk oh, and the way man. i handled certain things and oh, you know I, to, I couldn't play sports like my friends could and i had a twin brother that's obviously my age who excelled in sports and everything mm. people told me i could never be like that Mm -hmm. obviously when you know there was an opportunity to get hit or to get beaten up or to be provoked into a fight to where you have to defend yourself you know those types of things happened Mm -hmm. and not too often did I come out at the winning end and so you know there were some struggles there and Mm in the environment around me and again being bullied and things of that nature I don't want to say it was an everyday occurrence but it occurred often enough that that's all I thought about
0: Right. Now, your family was a religious family, but you didn't really know God or follow Him. Can you tell me a little bit about your religious background?
1: Sure. I was brought up in the Catholic Church. My parents were very active in a lot of ways, and my mother was a prayer warrior, you know. But being in a small community where I was, the church that we went to was eight miles away. And so, to my recollection, sometimes we made it, sometimes we didn't. Mm-hmm. My parents, you know, especially my mother, was very devout and, you know, had some of those same practices. But I never knew what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus right. like I do now. And so it was more about, for lack of a better term, the rituals Mm -hmm. of the Catholic church. And it made me feel as if, hey, we do these things and then you'll be good and you'll get your rewards as opposed to, you know, not doing those things. And it felt empty, put it that Mm
0: -hmm. way. So as you're going through life, you started to find your identity and started to feel like, wow, I can be someone I can fit in. And that was when you got into the corporate world. Tell me a little bit about how the money and just having that business part of your life changed how you thought of things.
1: Yeah, you know, it was kind of a phenomenon to me in a sense. I don't know what it was. Maybe I watched too many Rocky movies when I was a kid, but it was despite <laughs> the fact that I was told certain things that I would never amount to anything and feeling that way, mm-hmm. there was something inside of me that just says, you know what, go for it. Try this, try that. And so after the college years, I found myself in Orange County here in Southern California, and landed a job in a mortgage company. And I climbed the corporate ladder from there, you know, made mm-hmm. my way from a loan processor all the way up to a senior vice president of real estate development mm-hmm. for a mortgage company back then. Did very well for a few years. And one of the things that I liked was the maturity. I was only 24 years old when I was traveling all over the world mm-hmm. and doing wow. business and success. thinking that I can handle it. Yeah, success had gotten to me. And so at that time, I thought to myself, surely this must be it. You know, Mm. those naysayers when I was a kid back in that same old hometown, I proved them wrong. And I had that I have arrived attitude. And really, that's the life I lived for quite a few years, not understanding the responsibility of it, not understanding what that really was supposed to look like, even though I have arrived there already. And Mm. I experienced some freedoms I've never had before. I experienced some luxuries I never thought was possible and that nobody ever told me about, nor showed me how to manage that. And so it was fast living, loose living, and really a living that had no purpose other than to make more, if that makes sense.
0: Right. And so your identity was wrapped up in this and you were making more, very successful, but it was very empty. And the hard part about putting our identity and our life into our career is if it fails, then we feel like failures. And that's exactly what happened to you. The economy went down and things just totally changed after that. Tell me what happened.
1: Well, absolutely. During those times, I was working for what I thought was going to be the company I would be with for the rest of my life. You know, But the president of the company, the owner of the company decided that he didn't want to stick around anymore, took all the profits and fled the country. Mm. A few of us had decided we would try to pick up where he left off. It just wasn't the same thing. Uh, The Mm -hmm. things that we tried to do that he did, we couldn't duplicate. And in the middle of that, I developed the fast lane habit, you know, being out in the clubs all night, adapting to the drug and alcohol scene. And obviously, I think that had something to do with myself not being able to duplicate what my old boss did. Mm. And that with a downturn in the real estate economy really caused us to say, you know what, it's time to pack it up and do something different. Mm. To see people who were making seven figures a year or sometimes even a month during that time saying, you know what, I'm going to go do something different, left me a little bit confused because I actually thought in my head that this is all there is. So well, what do you mean you're going to go do something different? You know? right. And I thought to myself, "If these guys who I looked up to are going to do something different. Well, what am I going to do? Right. And I didn't know how to do that. I really didn't know how to adjust because I was never taught that, you know, and so it left me in disarray, not to mention that the fast lane was becoming faster, which meant my money was becoming less and less and me not even knowing it.
0: Mm. And with all of this, it just got you deeper into drugs and alcohol. In fact, you ended up in a situation where you were facing 25 years in prison And we're going to talk about that in our next show how things went from bad to worse. But there is hope in your story because once things got bad, God showed up and we're going to find out what happened. Thank you so much for being with us, Daniel. And we're going to have you on our next show.
2: Absolutely. You know, what's so interesting about Daniel's story from the very beginning is that people made fun of him Mm -hmm. because he was different. And I think all of us can really relate to that, that there's times where people pick out how we're different. And bully us for it, and we feel so different. And when we're younger, that acceptance is so needed for every single child that's out there. But you can see how, you know, when you feel like, gosh, you know, once I can prove them wrong or not be fulfilling that curse in a sense of never becoming something, then that will be the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Is that true? Or is there something deeper? Because is life just about success? Or is it just about failure? Mm. Is success and failure really what define us? I would say, no, that's not what defines you, my friend. There's only one who can define you, and that's your maker. God is your maker. He loves you, and he defines you as something so wonderful and beautiful as his very child. So Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person right now who's going through life and defining themselves by success or failure, or even by names that people have called them. Lord Jesus, help us to focus on you, to realize You are the one who is going to be the one to define us. Let us, let you be the one to define us Mm -hmm. as your children in Jesus' mighty name.
0: Amen. And if that's you and you need prayer, please feel free to give us a call at 877-480-4477. Again, 877-480-4477. You're listening to Real Life.